on today's show. We are getting to know Melissa. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up on any social media. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Patreon.com helps creators like me earn a monthly income that will be put towards podcast expenses. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors through Patreon for as little as $2 a month. There are all sorts of costs that I had no fucking idea about associated with posting podcasts, not to mention the need for equipment and production. So dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or just want to help keep the pod going, go to our Patreon. The link's in the description and your support of the Getting to Know You pod is very much appreciated. Two bucks too much? Here are three free ways to help. Get your thumbs ready. One, push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. Did that? Thank you. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go ahead, open those apps, click away if you haven't already. Thanks again. Three, go to Apple, write a review. The internet tells me this might be the most important and impactful. So thank you. Your support, dear listener, whether it's with your thumbs through our Patreon or ideally both, is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. Who were kind of acquaintances. Kinda not, never really hung out, but like for some reason our lives have been intertwined for a while. So Melissa, thank you so much for coming on, letting people get to know you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yo, we we were colleagues for like never really worked directly with each other. Right. In the education right. space. Um, but yeah, we were like around each other. It's a weird space yeah. to be in, right? And I don't know if it's my anti-social personality where I find myself in it often. <laughs> but like, you'll have these people that you kind of see almost regularly, but never yeah. actually have like more than a one minute conversation with that always seems so superficial. Hey, how's it going? Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. so terrible. Can you believe this is going on? All right, cool. Got to go. Bye. Boop. And you're like, hey, that yeah. was three years of our relationship. And then you yeah. like never had any sort of um, connection. So, and I forget what inspired me to message you. I think it was just, just you seem like you do a lot more than I ever realized. And I was Aww. like, it would be kind of interesting to get into what she does and what she's about because 
the only thing I remember hearing about you is like you were a former bodybuilder. And I remember being like, no way, that couldn't be. Because you were like somewhat petite, but then like I'm whatever cyber stalking you to prepare. And I'm like, dude, she's actually like a fitness queenish. Like she's (laughs) she's kind of cool. Yeah, like I mean, you seem legit fit wise. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I'm getting myself back into... uh getting back into the the regimen of working out. I like kind of took last year off of like putting my body through lots of rigor and, and training and really took some different routes to support my physical health. I, I did a lot of backpacking last year, which was amazing. It worked totally different muscles than I normally worked and um, a lot more like meditation happened for me last year and yoga and now I'm back into more of like a regimen of like working out three to four times a week cardio weight training again so it's like it's like full circle or it's just like a cycle I kind of go with the seasons of what my body needs and right ebbs and flows man I find myself doing the same thing it's like a wave sometimes you're high tide low tide sometimes you're mellow sometimes you're intense yeah and I really appreciate you um inviting me to co-create here with you and connect because (laughs) I felt I always felt like our relationship was you know transactional like you said like we're just like hey what's up have an amazing day like always like friendly professional but never like going deeper and really getting to know somebody on a deeper level and like really authentically connecting so I just appreciate you for for creating this podcast and really like digging deep with people yeah, it's made me wonder about myself. Like, do I need a podcast as an excuse to be social? <laughs> or like, do I just have so much shit going on that like I'm the dude that needs to schedule times to do that? I, I don't know, but it's something, it's a little bit of a struggle of mine. The whole like you work with somebody, but like how friendly do you get with people you work with? Because mm-hmm. it's where you work and it's, I don't know if, I'm like somewhat autistic or something, but it's like, I try to compartmentalize things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want all of a sudden I piss you off or all of a sudden we have a really good time. And now like, because I work with you, that affects the work aspect, like the productivity. I, I, it, I still haven't figured out a way to like articulate it or vocalize it very well. But for some reason that really fucks with me. It messes with my yeah, mind. Yeah, well, I mean, if what I'm hearing you say, say is that your you value connection so you've created something a safe space for you to to connect <laughs> it's my safe space yeah. <laughs> i guess so it's so yeah. i don't know man it's odd oh can and I- what's possible i mean going deeper with the people that you work with your colleagues may open up some really cool possibilities of of what you create in the workspace who knows yeah, see, that's where I got to get better because um, a lot of my role currently is like co-teaching and something I, I didn't expect it to like be my role, but it's something I um, have to definitely get better at is the whole like, hey, man, it can't just be a work relationship. Like some people need a relationship like, hey, man, you got to know something about my fucking life if we're going to like spend 60 minutes a day together and like yeah. try to do something together. And for me, it's like, uh, I'm just going to show up. And like, let's just roll. 
and I, I've slowly realized like that's something um uh, like I would put myself on an improvement plan on. <laughs> yeah. Although, like I don't know how I I know the only way to get better at it is like time, but it um for some reason, man, it's uh it seems like a weird I don't know, a weird line. I didn't think we would go down this route immediately. <laughs> well, I go there. I'm just like zoom. I'm laser. I'm like, that's my gift. I'm like, let's go here. Let's like dig in. Um right. Yeah, but I acknowledge you for creating this. It's it's courageous. Yeah. yeah. It was some people go hiking during COVID. I got really bored, had a lot of Wi-Fi, and um tried to do a podcast just for um to see where it would go. And it's been I've been very surprised because at first I thought people would take it as like super fishy. Cause I just tend literally message random people that I see who post comments under different like more famous Instagram people. I'm like, hey man, mm -hmm. you wanna chat? Do you wanna chat? Do you wanna come on and yeah do a podcast. And, um, I've been surprised. I've been surprised at how, um, well received it is. It, yeah. Cause people want to connect. Yeah. And especially during COVID people were looking for that connection. And in, and in general humans, we crave connection. Even if you want to like be resistant and you saying, I don't need it. No, you really, yeah, no, deep down we all crave it. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to circle back to just for my own fulfillment. Like, were you, professional, semi-professional bodybuilder, or was that just weird no, chat? I did. Were no, you? I was. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. I was. But it was like a uh um, four years of my life. No shit. Two years. Man, I can't I've d I did like four different competitions. Okay. Three no three three competitions. And it was no, it was like two years, two to three years of my life where I trained and competed. I've, I haven't studied it or seen it much. I just remember like MTV had this weird series where you could like follow somebody for like six months. Um, yeah. Well, I want to say back at like when I was 20, might've been 20 years ago, but one of the dudes was a bodybuilder. And the thing that killed me and crushed me and my dreams of ever having a six pack was the fact that he's like measuring chicken breast. Yeah. And it's that mathematical. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's science. And so that's what intrigued me to like go down that road was that was my, why wasn't cause I want a six pack. Like my, why was because I wanted to transform my body and really get to know my body and, and what it needs to build muscle to be healthy. I learned so much about nutrition. Uh, it was a very grounding space for me because it requires a lot of discipline and consistency. Mm. And I was in grad school at the time. Oh, okay. So it was a really nice, like healthy balance for me with my studies to be consistently moving my body, fueling my body properly. Um, and I, I just learned a lot about myself in those couple of years that I trained and, and went down that road. How, like, how competitive are you with it? <laughs> uh, or were you, I guess I should say. I wasn't. No? I mean, I wasn't. Like, I'm the type of person that if I, I, I commit though. So I'm a hundred percent committed and I get results because it's intention. So my 
intention was to learn learn about my body and like I hired a personal trainer so I wasn't going at this blindly like I really wanted to do it like I'm like I'm going to do this and I get to have all of the pieces in place so that I set myself up for success essentially so I learned through hiring like a coach a trainer what it, what it was going to take. And once he explained it to me, I thought it over. Like, can I actually do this with everything else that I have going on with grad school and my classes and studies and all that? And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I just went in. I went in like wholeheartedly, 100% committed. I took the coaching. I followed the exercise plan. I followed the nutrition plan. And I wasn't super obsessive. Like I wasn't constantly like checking myself out all the time and like worrying about every little thing. I just trusted my coach. And like after a while, I was like, okay, like awesome. Like I'm really starting to see definition in my shoulders or like I'm even, and it even supported me like with, I I had knee pain. Uh, Cause I had torn my meniscus in my knee. So like this really supported me with building the muscle around my knee properly. So when I, I noticed that like my knee pain was going away, like there was lots of benefits to me taking that on. What, what inspired it? Uh, the, the curiosity around just health, my overall health and like optimal health for me and like getting my body into optimal health like I've always been a thin woman uh, (laughs) but it wasn't but I but I wanted to have like muscle and like like uh, to be honest with you like carrying groceries and like moving boxes and like doing like functional things like that's what I really was like curious about like I'm like I want to be able to climb a rope or I want to be able to do a a pull-up I want to be able to like I want it to be strong yeah that's I get, and I'm not the strongest dude in the world but I guess that's like a little basic thing some people can take for granted like the whole notion it like in gym class of like the girl push-up get on your knees type stuff yeah I, I didn't even think about that like hey man I just want to be able to carry whatever four bags of groceries without mm-hmm. like straining myself yeah yeah Something like I, I learned so much about how important like core strength is and how like that's really the the epicenter that when you're strong in your core, which is like your abs, your lower back, hamstrings, it really um, flows out to all of the extremities, that center core. It really supports posture and um, back support and um, like your gait, the way you walk. <laughs> did so. you, did your gait, did you have a noticeable gait? Did you ever do like I a before totally and after? I totally noticed the difference in the way that I carry myself. Once I really built up my core strength, I, my posture completely shifted. I actually got like compliments one time from someone. They're like, you have amazing posture. And I'm not, I'm like, oh, thank you. Like just like little things like that. Just unknowingly. Yeah, and like I noticed a big thing too about myself because like I'm I'm completely location independent with my career now. 
So I work from home. I, I can work from anywhere, but a lot of my time is spent on the computer. Oh, yeah. And I notice my posture ugh, from like being on the computer so much. So that's really something that I've been aware of too, is just like, and, the, and core, core strength supports that, like noticing how I'm sitting at my desk. Um, yeah, I, that killed me during COVID. Exactly. No doubt, right? Like your neck, cause you're always like looking for that comfy position. So me, I'm like a lounge back kind of guy, but then it seems so um, informal. And if you're trying to be presentable, like right now I'm trying to arch up and I feel like a, a, a jerk on the Zoom for some reason. <laughs> like as I sit taller, I wanna like lounge to be more comfortable and inviting, but it's horrible posture. Like and people were not meant to sit in this no. manner for six, eight, 10 hours right. like it right. it kills your body it kills your organs you just feel like shit yeah so it was a so it's just been a so that whole journey just really has supported me with like just really understanding my body and getting strong and knowing how to fuel my body properly too like nutrition wise like I learned so much about nutrition well. Yeah. So that's something that I've listened to a little bit. And I tried, I joked about like, Hey man, I'm going to go vegan or veggie for like a week. And I tried it for, I think I made it two days where I <laughs> went, I went vegetarian and I gave up meat for like two days. It was a bunch of lentils and veggie fajitas and almond milk and cereal and stuff like that. Um, PBJ, I think was, yeah, PBJ. Um, but I wound up like I needed chicken. I felt like I needed beef. And I'm wondering about the diet, like what did you discover? Because I feel most people say each body reacts differently to food. And to really know, you almost have to go through like blood tests or some sort of like, not a DNA level, but almost something that deep to figure out what your body processes and reacts with well. And yeah, I, was curious, I mean, I definitely, I def everybody's different. Everybody is different. <laughs> and there's there's some really cool things out there now like food sensitivity tests and things that are awesome. So you could really figure out like, oh, I've been eating this my whole life and I really shouldn't be eating this because this does not react well with me or my gut. So there's some really cool things out there that you can, like at-home tests that you can order that they send to your house, follow the directions, you send it back, and then they give you this whole beautiful thing of like um, what – what foods you should be eating, what foods you shouldn't be eating, maybe what foods you're more sensitive to. Very, It's very eye-opening. But that essentially was what really supported me with understanding my body was being on this nutrition plan and learning like what really works for my body. And what did you find out? Like, were you surprised by anything or was there a certain thing you were like, oh um, man. Well, I've tried, it. I've tried a lot of different things just because I'm curious. <laughs> Um, and so I did a, I was a vegetarian for a while and then I went vegan for a little bit, maybe like three months, couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it for like, tw like 12 weeks, but, um, that's, that's I, yeah. And then I've also done like, um, macros and just creating healthy balanced meals of protein, carbs, and fats, and like really focusing on the grams of like how many grams of protein do I need, me, because everybody's different per day, whether it's meat or not meat, how many grams of protein do I need a day? 
how many grams of carbs and how many grams of fat do I need to maintain lean muscle or to burn fat or to build muscle. Um, so I learned, I learned a ton about that. So, um, but I also learned what types of like proteins I do well with, what types of proteins I don't. What was yeah. it for bodybuilding? Like, was there an emphasis on, cause you're trying to pack on muscle, right? But keep it as lean as possible. Cause you want to be defined. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your question? Just what was the like emphasis in my head? I picture no carbs, straight protein. Oh, well, no it varies. Fats. It really varies depending on where you're at in your, in your training. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, it varies it, and it cycles of, of, of how many grams of carbs, fat, protein you will be consuming throughout that journey. And it, is it basically like a, Hey, week one, this week two, that kind of thing. Like Pretty it's much. that formulaic. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't think it was mm -hmm. laid out like that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Then that's why it supported me in grad school because it was very systematic and it was consistent and it was, it worked for me. Was there it, pressure off of me, to be honest with you, because I knew what I needed to eat every day uh, and I could just go to the grocery store and just go and get what I knew that I needed. And I, it wasn't like it, I mean, it just, it, it reduced stress for me during that time while I was studying. Cause you're making, there's just like so much mental energy on other stuff. It's like, fuck yep. man, what do I really want to figure out what to have for dinner? It's like, nope, here's my card. Here's my plan. Gotcha. Yeah. It's almost like the people who wear black as like an outfit every day, just cause they're like one less decision to make. I'm going to roll. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just got to create things in your life that takes the pressure off. That makes sense. I, I think of myself, I don't think I could ever be there as a bodybuilder, but I picture myself getting really pissed off over like one particular line like I see these dudes on Instagram and they're really trying to get like the teardrop of their hamstring and they really mm -hmm. want that little like circle on the bottom. And I can just picture a bodybuilder going nuts. Maybe it's like an SNL skit in my head about like a particular definition or a particular line that's just not coming in the way they want compared to like whatever, whoever the first place person is or second place person. Mm -hmm. Did you mm -hmm. ever get to that kind of mental space where there was something that you were working at that you just it wasn't good enough for you? No. <laughs> no. I didn't allow, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't allow myself to go there. Oh, okay. Right? Like, why? why not? Why not become obsessive over something? Because <laughs> that is a lot of, that creates a lot of anxiety. <laughs> and that was what I was not wanting to bring into my life at that time. Oh, so, it's all, it's all about in, it's all about intention and and when you're when you're competing what whatever it is in life like if you're choosing to compete in something whether it's bodybuilding running um piano like whatever it is like yeah like things come up like self worth stuff comes up um self-judgment comes up am I good enough am I like you know but there's beauty in that because 
you're you're taking yourself on in a in a powerful way and and things come up where you're like oh like why am I being so hard on myself? Where is this coming from? Hmm. Yeah, that's so it, it it's a interesting philosophical thing that I'm yeah. definitely not smart enough to understand, but like the for some reason you're attracted to accomplishment, right? Like the human nature is like I love working to accomplish, but at the same time that risk of failure makes you feel like shit and can spiral. And it's a weird balance of, and maybe that's why like coaching and trainers and support and tribalism is so important because there's something within our nature that wants to conquer, but we also know in our nature that we're going to fail and need support on the way. And yeah, and it's all, and it's how we're conditioned. I mean, that's a lot of this. It's like how we're conditioned as society. It's like, well, if you achieve this, then you're going to have this. So it's like, instead of just coming from that place of being, like setting the intention first, like I'm, I'm going to be committed and rigorous and connected. And I'm going to be this way through setting myself up for success and competing in this bodybuilding competition. And then, and then I'll have whatever it is that I'm going to have, but I'm not going to fixate on that part. Part. So I feel like society has really conditioned us to just focus on the do, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. Yeah, the result. To have, to have the hot body, to have the wife, to have the amazing house, to have like the popularity, to ha- have the confidence and all that stuff. But really that all gets developed on the journey itself the outcome is going to be the outcome like we don't have any control really over it like yeah we set a goal and we and we have an intention but do we really truly know what the outcome is ever going to be yeah you just want the outcome for some braggadocious reason and then you you get to it and it's then the whole now you feel the pressure of like maintaining or staying and it's never as satisfying as the getting right it's that, that's what's most yeah, satisfying is the, the process of going. Yeah, it's exactly the process is what's like creates the the joy and the that feeling probably that feeling that you're after that feeling of accomplishment. It's it's all in the journey more so than the outcome because like you said, the outcome's the outcome, and then you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. There's a trophy. It's in the background of my Zoom, right? Oh, there's a certificate. It's in my basement. Oh, and you're like, what does that do for you? Right. It's when you look back on what you've created in your life, you're not like focused on like what you're saying, the certificate, the trophy, the medal. You're you when you go back, when you see that it takes you back to the journey. Yeah, the experience. Because if you win it without any sort of struggle, it it seems like stuff that comes easy. And I, I don't know what the cliche saying is, but like stuff that comes easy, people, you just don't value it, right? It's like swag. Nobody goes to a concert or you don't go to a bar and there's a band playing and they like throw out a t-shirt and you're like, oh my God, this t-shirt that every single person got was amazing and I value it so much. It's like, nah, man, it's swag. It turns into a dishcloth or 
like your yard work t-shirt. Like nobody cares. Like you just don't value it versus something you had to work for. And if, if you look at clothes, like, so around kids now, like kids refuse to crease Air Force Ones. And yeah, it's a little bit of a style thing, but it's also because it costs a ton of money for a lot of kids. And it's like, they don't want to ruin this thing that either they had to continually beg for and their parents had to spend money on or that they had to earn because that's the value. It represents something. It's not... It's not free. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Were you always process focused or how'd you get to become process focused? Hmm. I feel like I've probably been, I think I was raised that way to be process focused, problem solver. Yeah. <laughs> problem solver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I've, I've, I was raised to be a high achiever. Yeah. Um, but the biggest, the, the big thing that I have learned along the journey of achieving is that it's not really about the doing. It's about who I'm being on that journey. Because if I'm, if I'm achieving something like, I have a master's in psychology. So if I'm achieving this, this part of my life. And if I'm showing up resentful, angry, like irritable, depleted, exhausted. And I still got a master's in psychology. Like, the whole the journey of it like that's what i remember so it it does it really matters how you show up in in your life like that is like a big takeaway for me cuz yeah I, like but choosing to show up in that on that journey curious and open and willing to learn and willing to get messy and make mistakes and willing to start over sometimes and like being joyful and positive during that like pretty strenuous time in my life it it totally changed my experience it totally shifted shifted my experience even though the outcome was the same i got my masters in psychology but you you really have a choice on how you show up in the experience so the mentality is just natural to you. Like it sounds so again, like so philosophical. I'm picturing you as like a nine year old and these like really deep dinner conversations. <laughs> is that what was going on? No, 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 no. I mean, no, I feel like I've, I feel like I really shifted and got into like mindset work and stuff in college. Like that's when it really shifted for me. Like probably when I started really focusing on my physical fitness really that was when I really noticed like at the end of the day I'm gonna create what I created because I'm following this program but I I have a choice here I can I can get to this outcome kicking and screaming and being crabby and ungrateful and like like miserable or I can get to this outcome being like enthusiastic and 
happy and joyful and open and like and actually enjoy it and be present to what I'm creating. So I feel like that started happening for me like in college. How much and this is something I've struggled with too. The the um energy you put out is the energy you bring back kind of mantra. And I don't yeah. know if I'm like fucking that up, but like you're like, yeah. So how real was that real. part of the <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's real. Was that part of it back then for you? Or is that something you've come into later? This whole, hey man, I'm gonna be positive and then positive is gonna come back to me. Yeah, I feel like I didn't really realize what was happening when I was creating that, like in my earlier, like in my twenties. But when I'm in my wait, being you're not in my twenty 30s, anymore. Oh my god! No, no I'm just kidding. unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> but now being in my thirties, I feel like it's really sunk in for me. Like I really understand, like I don't have to adapt to the energy in the room. Like I get to influence the energy in the room. I'm responsible for what I'm creating in my life. My life isn't happening to me. My life is happening for me. It's, dude, that's interesting. My life isn't happening to me. Is that, um, and I, I guess to go back, so masters in psychology, you like mess with a lot of people. <laughs> is that something kind of common? where people feel life's happening to them and their the the lack of control is just what yeah. what paralyzes them up. what makes them yeah. have that more negative energy Totally I mean that that definitely comes up Everybody has a different story everybody has limiting beliefs and sometimes that can be a big limiting belief in someone's life that I'm a victim to my circumstances and I can't change this. It just is what it is. And, and it happens, but there's always an opportunity to shift that. If you under, if you, if you go there with yourself and dig deep to say like, okay, this is something that has been a repeated pattern in my life. It's shown up since I've been a little kid and I've created this belief around that I'm a victim to my circumstances circumstances that's the first step of being aware of it because once when you're aware of it then you can shift it and a lot of the times it's not going to happen overnight especially if it's very deep yeah like nothing that's the that that's the hardest part of society at this point in life is like nothing really happens over life or overnight like I remember right. hearing about like microwaves are going to ruin the world because people aren't going to be patient and like, you can't get a meal in four minutes, you know? And like, that was a big deal. And now it's what, what's like 15 second TikTok, 10 second ads, like constant scrolling, but instant gratification, yeah, boom, boom, boom. everything is like just a slow buildup or a slow grind or a slow appreciation or a slow depreciation. And it's, it seems like it's getting harder to just be okay with gradual, with 1%, 1% a day kind of stuff mentality. And I challenge you, like I challenge everyone listening to this, like <laughs> what would it be like for you to just enjoy the slow burn? I like to call it the slow burn. Like 
and because I feel like if you're if you allow yourself to just to be on the journey, it creates like us this awesome presence where you're like really present to each day and what you're actually like doing. You're not on this like hamster wheel. You're actually like present to like, wow, like I had an amazing day at work today and I really connected with this person and this happened and like, yeah. I'm going to, I going to go and work out and I, I get to go and have dinner with a bunch of friends tonight. And like, it creates a lot of presence and also a lot of gratitude. Like yeah. when you're just like enjoying each day for what it is. I've almost, and I don't know if it's because I think in percentages and I'm such like an, a heavy analytical numbers person, but for, <laughs> for a while I've really started mentally tracking and I almost wanted to do it like a food diary. Like when I spoke with people, how much of my speech was either about the like past shit that happened, which can be fun because you're telling stories and you're laughing, which makes a moment or of like future what's going to happen versus, but then again, like what is the present, right? Like, like how, how do you talk about the present? Like, oh my God, it is currently 72 degrees in this room. There are four white chairs in this room. We have, but it's, I don't I, I guess that's where I always get hung up is like, I've never thought of a definition for what it means to be present. And in my head, it's like, well, dude, you're not worried about what's coming next. You're not getting through. You're not worried like about that. time. Like, all right, man, cool. Almost like what we were talking about earlier. Like when we would communicate, like, Ooh, we can communicate because I got to be somewhere at nine. You got to be somewhere at nine five. So we got about two and a half minutes and then boom. But the whole mm -hmm. time you're talking with someone, you're worried about what's next. Mm -hmm. Is that? So, okay, let me stop you there. So I love what you're saying here. So if you're worrying about what's next and you're in a connection with someone, you're in a conversation with them, are you present? Yeah, right? Yeah, you're that, not. That's where you get yourself. So it doesn't have to be about, hey, we're not talking about the future. Hey, we're not talking about the past. It's more that worry of, I got to get through this moment to get to the next moment. Yeah. And that, and what do you think that does to like the exact thing that we all want as human beings, which is connection? Yeah. It shits on it, man. It pisses all over. <laughs> it. <laughs> just, there is it just no connection. shits on it. Because <laughs> yeah, well, they're not valuable, right? Because what do you do with things of value? What is your most valuable commodity? It's your time. And if you're wanting to pass on from somebody, it's like, you don't value me. Whether it's subconscious or consciously, people are going to register it that way. Yes. And that is a price that other people will pay when you're not being present with them. They will feel like they're not valued. And that's probably not your intention. Yeah, right. But it's, but it's just something to be aware of. And I love the fact that you're drinking wine right now. Yeah. it's. Um, I'm a little jealous. It's kind of what I do. Maybe I should have included that. Sorry. <laughs> Dang. I don't have any wine. I don't have any wine here. I could, I have, oh, wait, let's like just take, segue this for like a minute. Sure. This is a really juicy conversation though. Go. I love bubbly water. Okay. And I got a soda stream for Christmas so I can make my like homemade bubbly water. It's the best. That sounds so bougie. A soda stream. <laughs> I know. It's so, <laughs> but it's so efficient. It's very eco-friendly. So I make my own. 
Can yep. help me understand? I've literally never heard of a soda stream. Do you? What, what is that? So it's it's a there's like a CO two cartridge in the contraption, and I have a bottle uh, okay. that I hook up, and I, it's filled with water, and I hook it up, and then when I push the button, it aerates the water, gotcha. so it creates the fizz. Got you. And then does yeah. it have some? I know there was a phase for a while where people would have like their whatever. I got to drink thirty two ounces of water, but it had that center tube where they could oh. leave like lemons or <laughs> strawberries or blueberries. Yeah. Is it that in depth where you can like infuse flavors within your? Soda I stream? I don't have the 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 thing where you can put the fruit in, but I have the uh I have flavor like I can put flavor drops in there if gotcha. I want. And then how often do you just throw a little bit of like, this is my homemade vodka soda tonic can cocktail. Let's roll to the beach. Oh, that's a great idea. And then, you know, I don't really, I don't really drink that much. I'm not a big drinker. I don't really do that anymore. I, I, I like wine. Right. I will. I like wine. Like I love charcuterie, like cheese and meats and fruits and spreads. And like, I love I love having like a good charcuterie board night do, and like Do you like wine. charcuterie or do you just like doing it so you can say the word charcuterie? No, no, I like it. <laughs> I love it. And I really like putting it together. Like I like curating oh. it. Like going to, I go to Trader Joe's, I go to Trader Joe's and I like to get like certain cheeses there and you got to get a hard cheese and a soft cheese and like a fruity, like, like I yeah, have yeah, a whole yeah. thing. It's, it's. Yeah. I've never done charcuterie, although I may start just because now that I know the word, but it reminds me of like making a playlist back in the day of like, it just has to vibe. You're setting a mood with this external, I don't know, source. Yeah. It's like, and it's an awesome way to create connection. Like you invite, you invite someone over and you have this awesome like spread set up and like wine and you can have great conversation and. Who is the last stranger you charcuteried with? I a stranger. <laughs> like, I, now I'm I should. You. Right. I totally. That's actually a really cool thing. I should like just invite a random person. And Whoever's be like, behind you in Trader Joe's when you're checking out, be like, "Hey, buddy, feel like charcuterying tonight?" Oh, come to my party. Here you go. <laughs> you and three of your friends. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's such yeah. a stupid thought, but I do wonder, like. How many people would be like, I, I feel like more would say yes. And I'm not saying yes. just because like you're the way you are from like a physical realm. I feel like the vibe, like your genuineness of like the connection. I feel like people would vi- like feel it and be like, oh my God, this is going to be a good night. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Time. I'm but you know, I, but I feel, but I do, I notice this though, Sean, like I notice people are more open now, more so now than ever to like being with each other. And I feel like it's because of what we're, we all have gone through yeah. and are still going through is that when there's an opportunity to like be with people and to connect and it's spend an time, people are saying yes. Yeah, man. So I I coach basketball and I've coached middle school basketball for almost 12 years. We didn't have a season last season. And in a middle school game at a five o'clock in a Georgetown gym, which is podunk country-ish, like you could get a couple hundred people there. Mm -hmm. And it was not that intense. And we had like a decent little team this year, but it felt like people had 
two, three years of stored up, we just want to go experience something with others. We don't care what the experience mm-hmm. is so much as we just want that I'm around people. There's a shared bond, a shared energy. Um, yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been, I've been feeling, I, I don't think I've done much. It feels like bars and restaurants seem a little vibier. Like people are looking to get out a little more, but maybe that's just yeah. me having not really seen bars and restaurants for a couple of years. Yeah. And I also noticed a shift in people um, like they're friendlier. Or I, I mean, it, I notice a lot of things, but like where <laughs> I am, like in my space right now and the people that I work closest with, the people that I see, it's just like a, a deeper level of appreciation. Yeah, well, you can't, I mean, it's, I don't know, again, that's another cliche, but like, right, you don't know, what is it? You don't always, no, not, you don't always get what you want, but you like miss, you miss what you, you don't take for granted. What's the saying? I yeah. feel like it's a country song that I'm completely butchering. Well, like you really, you take for granted what you have too much. You don't know what you have till you lost it kind of a thing. Yeah. Like you really notice the value of something when it's not around as much. Yeah. Because we've all had so much space to reflect and realize like, you know, what's important to us, what isn't. Um, Yeah. Did you, wind up realigning any sort of values with the extra time during COVID? Did you um make some sort of like, not flow chart, but like power pyramid of priorities or anything like that? Yeah. I made myself <laughs> a priority. I mean, I wasn't. Oh, really? No, not a, one. Like, I really started to like, get into my own like personal development work, like starting in like 2017. And then by 2020, I realized that like, I get to shift some things. I get to shift like the way that I treat myself or, cause I was exhausted. I was like completely burned out and run down when the pandemic hit. From what? Just, I don't, I don't, this is like trying to keep up with the Joneses type of thing. Like I was just trying to keep up. Like I felt like I needed to be a certain way. And you know, I was, I'm like, I'm 32. Like I gotta be like, I gotta, I don't have this, this and this, like I'm the failure. Like, what am I doing? Like, and that, I don't feel that way about myself at all now Right. at all. But like right before the pandemic hit, I, I was putting so much pressure on myself. Can I ask what are some of the, cause I wonder about that. Like some of the metrics, was it like a square footage of a house? Is it a oh, relationship? It Is it like Mercedes, certain cars? Me like checking off the boxes, like gotta have the career, gotta have the, the relationship, the house. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like got to start a family, like Uh, a lot of things, a lot of things that I was just putting way too much pressure on myself for that I thought that I was supposed to be doing at that time. And man, like when you, 
when you say those things, which in America, our society, I would assume other places though, I've never really been around like that. Um, those are like legit things. And I do wonder how many people get into them too quickly and then they become these anchors or these burdens or these traps or these cages versus well, these things yeah. that they want. Like if you rushed into the house and all of a sudden you're house poor, right? Or, oh my God, got to have a family. And now you're like part of a broken family, right? Like there, there's, or now I'm in debt because I had to have the status symbol of a car. Now I have this job, but I'm driving an hour and it's miserable and I hate the people I work with and I have no free time. But I have the job and I have the title. So if someone asks me, hey, what do you do? I get to say, well, you know, I am clinical liaison for H.I. DuPont in their chip. And ooh, and it's like, what the fuck does that ooh really matter mm-hmm. <laughs> when it sucks on the inside? Yeah, totally. And I feel like you hit the nail on the head when, you're, when you were saying like, it's not about, it's, it's like, it, I wasn't, I wasn't authentic. Like I, it, I want my insides to match my outsides. And how did COVID get you there? Just literally more time? Or were you like super meditative? You're putting on playlists and just de- diving deep into your thoughts. Um. Well, definitely the space, and that was like one of the things that I wanted to talk about was like time, and when people are really like when I, and I'll just use myself as an example, when I would be like, I'm strapped for time. I have no time. It's really not about time. It's really about intimacy. And I realized that I was lacking intimacy in my life and not, and I don't mean like intimacy, like physical intimacy with somebody else, but I mean like intimacy, like really getting to know who I am and what I truly want. So prior to, the pandemic, I was checking off the boxes of my life because that's who I thought I was supposed to be. That's not who I truly was. That's not who I truly am. And it wasn't until I had some space to actually dig deep with myself and ask myself, what do I want? And I know that that's such a simple phrase, but scared the shit out of me. Why? Because I really never let myself go there of like what it is that I truly wanted to create in my life. I was creating things in my life that I thought I that I thought I should be doing, but maybe it wasn't really what I really what I wanted. And sometimes that's okay. Like maybe I needed to go through certain experiences to realize, oh, that's not what I wanted. Yeah, right. That's part of it. I mean, you don't, you don't know if you don't like sushi till you try it, right? So you're yeah. like, hey, let me see if I like this type of career. Let me see if I like this yeah. type of person in my life. Let me see if I like living in this particular area. You know what? Fuck that. I'm not trying to shovel snow all the time. See ya. Yeah. And I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. don't, but you don't know if you'll enjoy winters and cold and really short days until you're around it. And you're, maybe you discover something about yourself where you're like, you know what? I enjoy the solitude and three months of being at home. Right. Like, so, I mean, you could extend that to, I would think almost every aspect of your life. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't allowing myself to get curious and explore really. Uh, I was like afraid. You felt like, was it, did you become too professional, too young that like strapped you down? 
Yeah, I'm like, and that's like, that's a really great question because I'm almost wondering, like, was did I become? I became kind of rigid, right? Right, like I, I didn't, I didn't allow myself to get messy, and I almost wonder if there's like there's like a control thing there because I want to be I want to be safe. I want to get it right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I want you know, my family to be proud of me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to think back and I was pretty young at the school district. And I want to say I'd been there maybe a year or two before you got hired and you're what, maybe five, six years younger than me. So I think I, I got, I became a psychologist at the age of 25 and I started right away. Yeah. And that's so when I met you, I was shit. only 25. Yeah. Right. So I must've been 26, 27. And I was even at 26, 27, just being a teacher, like you're, if you want that dude, the next 40 years of your life are, that's your calendar. And that can be very comforting for some people. And that can be very awesome for some people, but fulfilling. yeah, 100%. It's fulfilling. It's the ability, get amazing benefits. You make an impact. You're helping kids. Yeah. You're part yeah, of the community. Exactly. Like it's a really cool gig, but if yeah. that's not who you are, that could be kind of like, fuck man, this is it. This is my Monday. This is my next 40 years of Mondays in September. Oh my God, this is what every December 21st is going to be like for the next, till I'm 70? Wow. And I think that can hit some people because they feel the pressure when they go to colleges to be like, I got to get that title so that I feel accomplished, which again is the Mm -hmm. means not justifying the process. It's just unfulfilling to get that means. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I don't want to um, ask this in any sort of like jerkish way, but I am curious because it's something um, that I wonder, especially with women, is the pressure to feel like you got to have the family. So there seems like to be this whole like gender shift, right? Like we've taken, we're trying to take away gender norms of, hey, how come my dinner's not ready? Why ain't the house clean? I'm going to be your man. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the food, right? Right. That seems to be going away. But then I wonder, like, does that almost work in reverse where people can start feeling guilty about, hey, I'm 30. Shouldn't I have kids or something? So I'm curious how you've been dealing with that battle, if it is a battle, because I thought you had mentioned family like that or children. Yeah, it it hasn't been a battle for me, really, because I'm not attached to it. Like, I don't have to, you know. I love kids. I like love kids. And if I become a mom, I become a mom and it's going to be amazing and wonderful. And I'm not attached, but I'm not attached to it. That's so fun. I'm not attached to it. <laughs> Just is, is there, I, I guess, do you not, not that that's like, is that normal, but I, I'm trying to think of the way to ask maybe why, like, why are you not attached to it? Is it? Yeah. Why is that? Cause I'm not, I don't have to have a child to be happy in my life. Like, or like know that my life has meaning and value. Like if I, if I choose to, if I meet someone who I fall in love with and we just choose together to have a child, like that will be amazing. 
It will, but I'm not like forcing it. I feel like before I was forcing my life. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in flow with my life. Were you, the, were you the kind of person to put like arbitrary deadlines? Was like 30 a big deal for you? Did you have mile markers for when you hit 30? You know, I want to say no. I wasn't like outwardly <laughs> putting like deadlines on my life. But I feel like deep down, subconsciously, I was beating myself up for like not. And it's hard. It's 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 because you like because of of social media and society and like how things are portrayed, even like commercials on TV. Like, this is what the perfect family looks like. Well, what the hell is perfect? Like, what is that? Yeah. Like, who are you to say what's perfect and what's not? Scientific Perfect doesn't even exist. So true. So it's just, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting space. It's it's been a, it's a it's been a gift for me to be in a space of not being so controlled with my life and being in a space of letting go, being open to receive, which is meant to be for me, but also being intentional with my life and you know really getting clear on what it is, what do I want? And children, I like I shared is something that I'm not saying. Yes, I want them. I have to have them. I'm that's just not one of them. I'm but I'm unattached. I can tell you what I want. I do want to be in a relationship with someone. I want to be in a loving partnership with someone. I do want that. Definitely want that. Children, I'm unattached. Do you does it make you, it doesn't sound like it makes you feel weird, but did it take you a while to be that strong in that conviction? It had to, right? It had to take you a while to be that strong in that conviction. I'm a pretty fiery person. I don't know. <laughs> like, no. Fuck no, I ain't no bitch. <laughs> That's a really good question. It took, it does take, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot right? of work. It takes a lot of, it, it's intimacy. It's being intimate with yourself and allowing yourself to go there with yourself. Well, and the reason I say is because it, it seems like you come from a good family where there were like these expectations and you just know like, hey man, there are certain successful things that happen along life. And that's mm-hmm. where I started kind of wondering like, how long till the parents start chirping? You know, you get the random text messages. It's like, you know, Christmas is coming. Be great if we had some babies to open up some presents type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, then my mind just, I guess, like scales. And I, I wonder like how many people like succumb or succumb to that pressure. And then that starts some sort of like broken home, bad cycle of unhappiness versus fulfillment. And that can definitely be possible. I'm, I have an amazing family and they always, they support me wholeheartedly. And I've never experienced pressure like that from my family in that area um, at all. Uh, My family didn't mean to categorize them as that way. Didn't mean. No, 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 you totally did it. But (laughs) everybody's experience is different because it happens because it totally happens. I've talked to multiple people who have, who have said like, 
I'm feeling pressure and it's not coming from my husband, but it's coming from my mother. Like, you know, like, so it's everybody, it it happens. It happens. You know, more so my family has been super supportive of me with my choices of how I want to live my life. Even if they aren't, even if that's not how they choose to live their life, even if not, if, even if that's not how they have created the success, I'm going at it a different way. And sometimes there is worry that pops up for sure, because they love you and they want you to, they want you to be happy. Right. Um, but it's also been a huge shift in the, the level, the deeper connection that I have with my family because of, Oh, like she's doing it a different way than we did it. And she's super successful and happy. Like, wow, it can be done. There's so many other possibilities to create the same outcome. That's a great point, man. Talk about a deeper connection is like the, not an awkward conversation, but maybe because if something's different, maybe it's awkward at first. Right. So like if it's that awkward conversation with a family member, but you're able to be honest and truthful, then you're actually intimate. You're getting to know your family on a deeper level, not that superficial, oh, this is what we're supposed to be. So this is what we are. It's like, no, man, you're exploring and finding out who you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That's a good little take. I hadn't thought about it. Um, Like that's a way more empowering, not mindset, but like, and and like, not like way to phrase it, but a a way to think about it, to be like, Hey man, even if you're not going with what your family's expectations are, if you're honest with them, it'll lead to a deeper level of intimacy because then they'll get to know actually you. Yeah. And invite them on the journey, you know, instead of like coming from a place of, well, I I don't fit in here. I'm just going to do my own thing. And like, disconnect like actually like invite them on the journey with you and like share with them what's like coming going on in your life and like being vulnerable with them how did you get into psychology i don't think i ever asked you that like how did you pick that as the grad degree um i always knew i always like well i love talking to people i love connecting with people i just I love people in general. So I knew at a young age that I wanted to have a career where I were, that was people focused and supporting people. Um, So, you know, in high school, when like your counselor is like going through made different majors with you and you're, when you're applying to colleges and things like that, psychology came up and like, I, I was always the friend that my like other friends would go to when their boyfriend broke up with them or when they're sad about something and they needed someone to, to, to just talk to or get advice from or yeah, it was always that person. So I knew like, Oh, I, maybe I have like a little gift here. Like I get to explore it and really get to make an impact with people's minds and was that the plan going into college like you knew you were trying to go for like a six-year psychology degree Mm -hmm. god what planning dude that is so much foresight for an 18 year old 
<laughs> I feel like everyone changes their major like five times. Yeah. And, and I don't, and I got it wrong. So I just wanted to let everybody know I got it wrong. Really? I, I did because I, uh, not the studies going down the psychology path was in alignment for sure. And getting my master's in psychology was in alignment for sure. I learned so much, but but the career path that I chose wasn't in alignment and not, and, but now it is now it totally is because I'm, I'm creating it on my own terms. And I, I, along the journey, I realized that I, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm a visionary and a creator. So creating my own platform around my gifts is in alignment. So that that's something, and that's, I guess, really shitty of me to not have asked, but that's a good point. So you've shifted completely out of like school psychology to this own brand thing now for you? Yeah. So, well, it's, I still practice school psychology and I'm still, I'm still supporting, but I'm just supporting in a way that's in alignment to me. Like it's authentic to me. Um, so like a more consultant kind of a thing or uh, um, on a more contractual basis now. And, um, and also being able to bring in other aspects of my vision and creativity and, and having the space to create that. So like having my own brand of, I have a wellness brand, um, and being able to support people in that space as well. No way. Dude, so, so how risky was it starting a brand? <laughs> like, I don't I felt, know. It was nauseating. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? But like, I, I knew what I was doing because I knew <laughs> that I wanted this and I had the vision for it. And I knew that I can, I can create it because I could see it. And I just had to get the right things in place to support me along that journey. And I have collected evidence in my life that I can accomplish things. And when I put my mind to something that I really want, I make it happen. So that was like a positive thing from, from having that accomplishment mentality. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's what sucks about Zoom is there's always this weird lag where I try to interject. But I was going to refer back to like, I think that's part of why successful people tend to have these weird, not stupid, but stupid accomplishments of I'm going to do something just to say I did it so that when I need to do something else, I have like this resilience that I'm building in me. For you, it's what might have been like that bodybuilding was like, hey, man, if I can do that, why can't I figure out a logo, come up with a business plan, reach out to people? You know, and like it's, I think that can be very taken for granted. Something yeah. as trivial as try out for a sport, like for kids, try out for a sports team. And if you suck and it bothers you, get better. And then you'll learn how to turn negatives to positives. And then when you get those positives, it's like transferable. It, it really is yeah. one of those yeah. weird, it makes me feel very like woo woo when I start talking about it, but it's, 
it, it's a very simple thing where like, dude, if you know how to be successful in one aspect, it is very transferable because you, you bounce back. It's resilience. It's, it's, it is, it's resilience. And it's, it's, it's very, um, powerful when you're like able to create something out of nothing or take yourself to a space where, you know, this is where I am now, this is where I want to be and actually take yourself on that journey to, to that space. I mean, the skills that you create along that path, like what you're saying are transferable to, to when you get to do it again, whether it's in your professional life, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in your relationships, like this can be, this mindset can be applied to all aspects of, of your life. And so did you have to do a bunch of extra study? Actually, give me, do do you mind giving me a pitch just so I have an idea, um, captain of your, (laughs) of of your brand? Cause I honestly don't know. I've been going through your Instagram, but I don't know the brand. It seems like a holistic mighty body, mind, health thing. Yeah. So, so it's evolved and that's the beautiful thing is that it's, it's evolved and it will continue to evolve to have a big vision for what it is. And it started off as just like fitness nutrition coaching. So it really started off with like just this side hustle being a full-time school psych, but then had the side hustle of fitness and nutrition coaching. And I had clients. Can I pause you just there for a minute? Cause that's super interesting to me. What's, Demand for fitness nutrition, to me, that seems so simple. And I don't mean this in any sort of an insulting way, but what makes me wonder is, is the coaching really just that extra level of accountability to someone that makes it makes it successful? Or are there, not to diminish or be insulting again, but like, are there extra insights? Because in my head, I'm like, you could Google what to eat and you can Google a workout plan. But if you have someone who's telling you what to do and then you see them two days later and you have to talk about what you've done, that might be that extra motivation to actually get you to do it. Totally. Am I thinking about that the right way? Yeah, you totally are. People people need accountability and support. You might think that you don't and you may get to the same place as someone who has a coach but like I said, the, the, your experience might be different whether you do it alone or whether you do it with somebody that's supporting you uh, and holding you accountable every step of the way. And that goes to almost a little bit of a joy. So if you can like almost like share in the suffering, quote unquote, if you're struggling with somebody, you got somebody who can help you through that and maybe change yeah. your mindset. Yeah. Hey, that's a value add and you're going to stick with it versus, oh my yeah. God, let me get through this four weeks of fasting or whatever, ketosis this sucks. I'm done. Where are the fries? Now I'm back. And all the gains you've made are lost in a weekend. Yeah. Got you. There's so many positives to like going at it with another person or a group of people, a community of people supporting you along the journey because like it creates, it's it's mindset. It creates sustainability and longevity, um, creates connection. Like, let's take it back to the beginning of the conversation. It's a way to create deep connection um, with someone. And and it's also about why, like, people ask me, like, how did you get so, 
get super successful with creating like your own brand. And it's like, I don't know, like it's, it's also about how I show up in the world. I mean, and I'm not, and I'm saying this in a very, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like, it's true though. Like it is about like the quality of people that you have in your space. Like pe- people, there's so many yoga studios all over the place. There are. But people choose to go to certain studios because of the people, because of who they be, because of who, how they show up in the world. That's what keeps them coming. So that's super interesting to me is like the finding your market. And I don't know if it's MBNA or how much business versus ex- like business classes, official versus experience. But I always wonder like, can a consumer recognize quality or recognize something that's suboptimal if you've never been exposed to quality. Like I've never really had good sheets. I think the most I've spent on sheets is like 20 bucks. I get whatever's cheapest at Walmart. I've never stayed in like a five-star hotel where I'm like, oh my God, it's a thousand count Egyptian cotton sheets. Part of why I don't is because I don't want to have to buy five of them for my house so that that is my new standard of I need this because now I know what quality is. Like I want to be happy with really shitty sheets that are scruffy because it's what I'm used to. Right. So like, I, I don't know if that's a weird analogy, but I wonder how many people want to do well with life, with nutrition, with fitness, but get paired up with somebody who maybe isn't, I don't want to insult people. Not like not 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 as skilled, but like maybe doesn't take it as seriously as more of a side hustle kind of a thing. I might just be on a sure. tangent. That's why you hung up cuz I'm on a tangent. No, I'm just kidding. The internet that. froze. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're back. <laughs> yeah. Back. I was going to say that's okay. what that's what karma does to me when I go on a tangent is the universe is just like, shut the fuck up, man. You're rambling. But yeah, no, but we'll bring it back. And I just said people people get to vet people. Like you get to do your research. You get to vet. Right. Um, you know, and that's why like it's, it's important to put yourself out there. If you're passionate about something in the world that you know that you really can make a difference with and support people with, like you, you do get to put yourself out there to show people like this is, this is what I stand for. Like my services aren't for everybody and that's okay, you know, but I, but I have a strong stand of what I want to create, what I'm committed to creating the the stand that I want to take in the world and other people um, may really like align to it. And those are my, those are my people. Do you have like, not weird. Do you have non-negotiables? Where you've had to be like, hey, man, if you're not going to do it a certain way, I don't feel comfortable associating myself. Like you're, I, that, yeah, I say no. Sometimes you're just not the right fit. Can I, help me understand what are some non-negotiables? And I don't want to like pigeonhole you or put you in a corner or anything like that. But it's curious to me because I do wonder growing. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're competitive, to me, you would be like, oh my God, yeah, I'll take anything, right? Versus, wait, I'm trying to actually have this quality of a product. Well, this comes 
this, but this comes down to worth and value. I know my worth and value. And if you are going, you know, if I have a a potential client that sees that, that is aligned to what I'm putting out there via social media, via my website, via my products that I have out, and they're interested in working with me one-on-one, like we have an interview process because they act, because they may not be a right fit for that at that time. Because like not, I do have non-negotiables. Like if you're going to sign up to work with me, you got to be a hundred percent committed. If you're not a hundred percent committed, you're wasting my time and you're wasting your own time. What is, so what would commitment be if somebody's, interviewing because I've never done I've actually talked to a couple not not to put you in the category of like life coach but just people who want to help others but I've never asked them that like the interview process of connecting so like what would what do you vet for what do you look for what do people I don't know how do you how do you find a fit is that a weird question (laughs) like No, it's like, it's, it's just, well, first of all, I'm like, it's my intuition. So I always go with my intuition, something like strong, like in myself, but also like, are they committed? Are they passionate? Are they connected with what they want? Do they know why they want this? Uh, The why. Yeah. That makes sense. The why. Are they like open, right? Are you open to coaching? Are you coachable? If you're not coachable, (laughs) you're not going to get the results. You know, like think about your students that you coach. Like if you're not coachable, why are you here? Yeah, it really does suck. It really does suck. (laughs) It really does. Like you got to have some, a little bit of faith in me that like might get a little hard, but I have your best interest in mind. That's the whole point. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And that comes up sometimes with my clients, like the resistance pops up. And being a coach, you really get to walk through that with them, support them through that to get them on the other side so that they continue to be in action and and be committed to what it is that they're here for. Is there like a typical step along the process where you start to anticipate resistance? Yes. That's such a good question. Really? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And do you mind sharing? I I don't know if I like if it's a trade secret or something like that. No, it's not. But it's it's such a great question. And I was just talking about this the other day um, with some of my students that I'm working with uh, right now in, in, in this leadership program. And my area of expertise in my business, in my in my coaching is that I really support people with setting quarterly goals. So you have four quarters in the year, January, February, March, April, May, June. So we're still in quarter one. We're moving into quarter two and like very shortly. So my clients will set a goal for the quarter and resistance pops up right at the beginning, right when they declare it, right when they declare the goal that they want to create in the three months, resistance will pop up, like, cause they don't want to like put it out into the universe. They don't want to like say it cause they're, 
scared like that they are they'll fail yeah or that they're gonna disappoint someone or you know there's lots of things that come up so resistance comes up right at the beginning of when you start to take action on a goal and resistance pops up right at the very end right before you get there really like is it a hump thing where you just got to push a little harder to get it or what's what do you theorize the resistance is about At the well, end. it's about at the end. Why does resistance pop up at the end? Well, yeah. well, I'm going to put it back on you. Why do you think resistance pops up at, right <laughs> at the very end, right before, right before you hit your goal? Yeah, man, if I'm thinking about it, I'm like, do I really want – I feel <laughs> – And it's hard for me because I don't know what the goal is. So in my head, I started thinking of pounds being lost or pace being run. So I like to jog and I'm a 5Ker. And in my head, I know if I go for a jog, I want to hit a certain pace, right? So if I'm listening to a podcast and I'm just chilling, eight minutes, 30 seconds, I'm fine with. If I'm in a 5K, it's competitive. I'm trying to hit seven minutes, 30 seconds. If I'm like... If I have a good night's sleep, I don't drink the night before, I wake up, I eat some oatmeal, I'm like, yo, seven minutes today. When I see my pace at the two mile mark, so I have one mile to go and I'm off of my seven minute a mile pace, it's fucking like I don't want to dig in to run whatever 620 at the last mile to make up for how I didn't do well at the beginning. I don't want to suffer. Although I know if I suffer, I can meet that goal. It's just a shorter, it's a more dense and intense suffering. So all that wordy analogy to say, I feel like the resistance would come up because of a little bit of guilt of maybe Mm. you haven't put in the work of the intervals to make the goal and then of the looming, holy shit, drop dead date, it's going to be immeasurable and I could fail and you don't want to face the failure. Like maybe I don't want to push through at that 620 pace because I know I can't, maybe deep down I'm like, dude, I can't hit 620. There's no chance. So now if I try... I failed and it's easier for me to quit early and be like, oh, I just didn't hit it back then. And now I can like spread the blame out like butter, which is easier to take <laughs> versus yeah. like this one lump that I got to swallow. Yeah. But I don't know. That was my, that was that's my, awesome. That that's was powerful. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's such a, I like me, but that gives me deeper insight into like why your like what, what, the resistance would look like for you at the end of a goal of when you're I see when what you're you about did there. To so it's like you're ba- it's like it's kind of different for everybody. So that that's the whole yeah. fucking technique. It's like, dude, well, why do you think the resistance is? See, I've been watching the Sopranos and I've been like noticing the psychologist there, and that's exactly <laughs> what she does, man. Tony Soprano's like again with the fucking riddles, and like all he wants is an answer, and she's deadpan and she's just like, why do you believe that was your dream? And like, you just let motherfuckers talk and like they reveal what is the obstacle because obstacles will be different for everybody. It doesn't really matter what I think. That's a great point. Yeah. Not to belittle you, but yeah, right? Who the fuck are you? (laughs) I mean, I, but that's the thing is like, I can ask, I can ask you questions to get you there. Yeah. To move you, to move you through it, to get you to see 
like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to fail. I'm afraid to fail. Yeah. And that, and, and, you know, what if I, yeah, I, and it's feedback for you, right? Like, that's the other powerful thing is like, you're realizing like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I like, didn't push it hard from the beginning. Yeah. And I like, waited until the last minute. And now I got to really step up my game to hit it. It's, it's powerful feedback. Yeah. Cause now if you go into the next quarter, the next time you're on a 5k, you're like, yo, get out the gate earlier. Like, dude, you, you can't coast, like maybe warm up better. And you start reflecting on if that really is a goal of yours, or maybe even should that be a goal of yours? Are you ready for that to be a goal of yours type of stuff like that? And that can come with happiness, right? Happiness is a function of expectations. So if you expect something and it doesn't happen, you're grouchy. But if you can align those expectations, it'll be like, oh, cool. Yeah. And 100% is possible 100% of the time. So even, even if you realize on the journey towards this goal that you should have pushed it harder off the get-go or like really have been like committed from the start instead of like kind of waiting it out and then like maybe not take weekends off (laughs) exactly exactly maybe it's a seven-day process (laughs) right like and now okay now I'm here this is where I'm at I'm here now and now I really in order for me to hit my goal I gotta run this last mile in like six and a half minutes is it possible that you could do that? Right. It is possible. You could do that. Man, it'd be tough. Although, yeah, it'd be possible for me. But it it could be possible. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, it, it's funny. So that's something in just coaching basketball. And this is so stupidly anecdotal, but I had this kid and he, he doesn't even play basketball anymore. He's still in high school, but he played in middle school and I coached middle school and he was a shooter in his mind. He was a shooter and he shot and he shot and he didn't get to play much in sixth grade. He didn't really play a lot in seventh grade and eighth grade year. He's a starter and I love the kid. He's competitive. You can dribble. But if you're like one for 20, you're not a shooter, right? Like that's 5%. Good shooters don't make 5% of their shots. Good shooters make whatever, six, seven. You're like six, seven out of 20. So you're 30%, 40%. Hey, that's probably a shot of yours. I had a moment in my life where I was like, there's a big game the next day. What do I lose by telling this dude, you're a shooter, I believe in you. He knows he hasn't made shots. I'm like texting him. I'm like, bro, tomorrow I'm feeling it. You are going to hit this shot. I'm just putting positivity out there. I'm like, tomorrow is your day. That's your day. Go out there and claim that day. You catch that ball and I want you to know, I believe in you making that shot. Dude hit his first shot and I think he was like, whatever, two for four in the final game of the year. And the smile on my man's face and the excitement and like, he should not have been two for four. And I'm not saying like I caused it because of the positivity, but I just wonder what you're saying about that mindset of 100% of the things that are possible 100% of the time. Yeah. How and much you, more confident you can you be? Seeing him and you seeing him in his highest, like you yeah. seeing him in that space 
and you, because you know that he's capable. is an empowering thing for a kid and it's freeing and it allows you to push through through pain to like accomplish something. Yeah. Art, that, that was a really weird tangent that you took me to, you fucking psychologist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We can no, end there. No, we can, no. session, our session is over now. <laughs> Done. My PayPal is. Um, <laughs> are there typical met? I'm curious now about the metrics because I went to weight loss and I went to like mileage. Are there typical quarterly metrics that you go with with people who um come to you? Yeah. The way that we break the goal down. Yeah. So what are some like typical, is it just a weight loss thing or is it, what are some goals, I guess? Well, I don't, I'm not really offering, I'm not offering fitness nutrition coaching anymore. Uh, um, okay. I really evolved into like, right. Like I got to learn my niche around this. So like really incorporating my psychology into working with people who want who want to set quarterly goals and just like bringing that audience and community into my life. So really mo majority of the people that I work with now are entrepreneurs and coaches that have their own businesses to support them with building their businesses, making sure that self-care is a priority in their life while they're running their their businesses and supporting their clients. So uh... Um, okay. yeah, so it's been lovely. It's been a really lovely evolution of my services. And I really have found my niche in this space, um, working coach. with high level professionals and entrepreneurs. What, what made you feel like that's you <laughs> working with them? Cause it is, I mean, it is, I have, I, I mean, I am them, they are me. I mean, really, I, I am them. They are me. We share similar experiences and I, I've created a system based on my experiences and my, my level of expertise where I saw a, a gap in performance with this community of people. And I created a, a program to support them and it, and it, and it, it closed, it's closing the gap. I feel like you do way too much to watch as much TV as I do, but do you watch Billions? No. And someone, a really good friend of mine, said to me, you remind me of the woman on Billions. Wendy. So yeah. right, are you familiar with her backstory at all? I'm she, sure he filled you. A, I don't know. I don't know the show. I don't, don't have HBO. Um, but she's a, She's, she's essentially me. Like I'm essentially, she's a performance coach. Yeah. For like stock traders and they'll yeah. come in and their job is to perform. And when they yeah. have that doubt, they just need someone to be like, let me listen. Let me remind you. Let me know where you are, who you are, what triggers you. Let me pay attention to that. And then <laughs> boom, motherfucker, you kill, go kill. <laughs> and like, that's her thing. And it, it, when you were talking about it, it, took me from the Sopranos lady to the Billions Showtime lady. I'm like a hybrid. You're right. <laughs> Dude, that's that, that's pretty neat, man. Is is there not a watershed moment cuz I don't know if one thing happens at one moment, but as we've said, but how did it how did you transition 
into that role? How'd that happen for you? Um, well, I hired, I hired my own business coach. So I got really clear on like how I want to make an impact, who I want to serve, what are my gifts? How can I utilize this and to create a program? And it took, a, I mean, it took a couple of years. It took me a couple of years to really build this. I mean, I mean, what year, what year, what year is it? It's 20. it's 2022 okay so it's it's been about five years oh wow yeah yeah and I'm still growing right like I just I just started out with a product line so now I want to have a product a product line system available to people now that that goes along with my coaching like what what's the product like a manual so the, curriculum or? Yeah, no, nope. So the product that I have out right now is a card deck and it's basically like a mindfulness deck and an affirmation deck. It's a, oh. it's a way for my clients and my community to create clarity and intention for their day. Oh, okay. And they link it to their goals. So like one of my clients has a goal that she gets to hit by the end of this month for quarter one. And she utilizes the card deck as a way to reground her, as a way to create clarity and, and a way for her to set intention for the day. See, not to make it about me and try to get a free session at all. Truly not my intention. But just... Well, what is your intention? What, I know, right? Like I don't, <laughs> to get to know you. But like I, I guess just to explore topics that I wouldn't normally get to explore with people, right? That's the point of the podcast. And... As soon as you said the word grounding, and I've, I, again, had several people on, I, I've heard it. Why does that trigger me in this woo-woo sense? Why do I feel like this fight? And you don't know me well enough to answer. But like that, that's what I'm like thinking about in myself. Because to me, I, I, I crave walks on the beach where I believe that's grounding. Where my feet yeah. feel the sand totally and like grounding. you're connecting and there's this energy and like, I feel better. The dog's running, my daughter's giggling. Like it's, yeah. ah, but then like you say it grounds and I'm like, whoa. And for some reason, like not hair goes on my back, but hair goes on my back. And I'm like, ah, and I don't know why that is like, so I guess I'm saying all that to be like, have you had to overcome like some sort of woo woo stigma? Like, snakeskin, oil, magician, sales stuff that you've had to talk people out of? Or are most people who are coming to you like super receptive and being like, yeah, open-minded, I guess I should say. Cause I feel like I'm super jaded for some weird reason. Yeah. And that's something you get to work through. You know, I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why, it, I don't know why it triggers you, but I mean, right? I'm happy to support you in that space. So totally can. Um, but it doesn't seem like a speed bump though for you. Most people are coming and they're like feeling good. Cause I feel like it should feel good. I feel like people want, what do we want? We want to be anchored. We want to be grounded. We want to be connected. And it's, I don't know, yeah, I don't know why yeah. I even asked the question. I almost feel like I insulted you, but it just like. No, totally didn't. I mean, it's your thing. I mean, it's your thing. You get to, you get to go deeper with this and explore you know, why it came up for you. And it might, and it, to be honest, 
it's it has nothing to do with me. It might it might have been something from that you heard from somebody else, and whatever happened happened, which re, which caused like so. Now moving forward, you hear that, and you're just like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I think I really battle what we were talking about earlier, like energy mindset, like talking things into fruition. I don't know why I have difficulty with that. Well, because, because it's not just, it's because it's more than that. Like, yes, you, there is, ener- there is a power in the energy that you put out into the world, what you're, who you're being to create what it is that you want to create, but you get to take action on it. Things just aren't going to like show up like, like, oh my God, I really want an ice cream sundae right now. And you like, I'm going to manifest it. And then all of a sudden you like open up your front door and there's like ice cream sundae there. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like you, you manifest it through action. Cause the clarity helps you to set goals. Exactly. And it's important to declare it. So part of manifestation of bringing something from a vision into the present is around declaring it and putting it out there, whether you put it out there via your voice, via a video, via writing it down in your journal, actually like putting it out there. That's where the magic starts. And then like what you're saying, it creates clarity and it creates a foundation so that you can start to take action to actually bring it into the present. That laser focus. Yeah, I think I think the issue, and I don't know why, it's like something about the terminology. I don't know why I have an aversion to terminology, but it it really is common sense. Like, oh my God, what does it mean to be grounded? I don't know, I'm attached to something and I kind of, I'm here. Okay, like why is that a big deal? It's not. Well, then why do you have an issue with grounding? Oh, well, maybe I guess you just I get to choose a different word that feels better. Yeah, you. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking, and and the, I guess the reason I'm coming at this because I'm thinking of myself as someone who like wouldn't, not that your service, because I think it's maybe like if you're coaching coaches, it's above, but like I wouldn't be someone who would look for coaches. But now the more we're talking, it's like, why wouldn't you want to try to have somebody with some sort of educational background that can help you clarify and focus what are what are your priorities? Because yeah. if you can identify your priorities, hey man, you're going to feel more fulfilled because you have these priorities in you for a reason. Right? Like, and I don't know, whatever, an hour and a half in, like, I'm like, oh shit. So it's just the fucking jargon that like, for some reason makes me feel like it's a not, not that you're a scam, but like a scam. But at the end of the day, no, dude, it's just like clarification. It's just mm-hmm. helping you to realize you. And sometimes people need to think through that shit and have people ask them good questions to yeah. realize. Yeah. And have someone to listen. Right. That's why I created the podcast. Just to have people listen yeah. to me. <laughs> that'd be so weird but but when i have but when people feel when people know that you're generously listening yeah it creates like people like it creates value people feel like they feel seen you feel heard and again not uh, i've made i don't know i feel like i've talked a lot but 
that's something I noticed in the podcast is so many people who like don't have a brand who don't have like a thing and they're just like, why me? And I'm like, why not you? And they're like, so fucking right. See you on Tuesday. And then you talk to them and they're like, I can't believe you just like wanted to talk with me for a couple hours and they feel so great. And you're like, why not you, man? You're special. Everybody's special, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has stuff that makes them special. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Can I, in a maybe somewhat awkward of a segue, but you had brought it up earlier, the backpacking. So I'm curious to try to pivot is like, where did you go? What did you find out? How was backpacking? Amazing. It was wonderful. Um, I have, I have amazing friends who supported, who supported me on the journey. Um, it was something that I've always wanted to get into. Uh, I love nature and I love, always loved camping ever since I was little. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know why I waited so long to really take myself on that journey. So you went but, legit backpack, like you were camping, like pop-up tents. Camping? Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't do it for like months at a time. It was like a couple days at a time. Dude, that's enough. Um, but it was, but it was awesome. Like I started with like, um, some hikes in, in Virginia and I went with a friend of mine and then I would just do like local hikes around here. But I, I had to drive like to like Delaware water gap, like at where like the Appalachian trail goes through and stuff to, to, to like, like at like elevation and all that stuff because I had I had a backpacking trip planned for Colorado and then I had one planned in Washington state so I knew that I needed to like train get some get some steps with some elevation yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and like the, back, the backpacking trip that I did in Colorado we had llamas so the llamas actually were like our sherpas and they carried our gear so that was really a cool experience and they're trained to do that. Um, but we would hike like 11, 12 miles a day with high elevation gain in Colorado. Like, so like, and I literally landed in Colorado and I wasn't even there for 24 hours and I was already back, like starting my backpacking trip. So that was really, um, is it true? The elevation thing? Like I've heard about yeah. it with basketball, but I don't yeah. know. I It's hard for me to understand or relate to. I felt it in Colorado, the elevation. I, I was pretty dizzy. Yeah, I got pretty dizzy. Um, I wasn't nauseous or anything, but I but I was dizzy. Gotcha. So I I was like drinking a ton of water with electrolytes. Like that like saved me. Like I... I, that really supported me. The electrolytes. Um, and then after the second day being out there, I was fine. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Did you pick Colorado for a particular reason? My, I have a good friend there. I have a really good friend there. And like, I told her like, I want to do this. Do you want to do this with me? Um, she's like, yeah. And then we got other people involved. So there was like a group of us that went on this trip together and it was, it was awesome. Oh, no shit. Oh. 
So y'all yeah. are like camping together, bonfires at night, s'mores. Yeah, can't couldn't have any fires, but we would set up. We set up camp, and um, you know, I shared a tent with someone that I just met. That was really fun. Um, <laughs> talk. You get close. You bond. You get connected. Uh, yeah, like going to the bathroom, like out out in nature, like. No big deal. Dig, digging hole. Yeah, it's like, it was just, I don't know, I, I like it. I just, I like being out there. I like it a lot. Was the... Um, and then my trip that I... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, was the Colorado the first, like, legit time you felt like a hiker? Well, no. I mean, I, I hiked, I've hiked in, in camp with my family, like, when I was, like, younger. Right. But, but you're not was, responsible. So if you're with your family, to me, it's like, yeah, the family takes care of stuff versus like, yeah. I'm the one that's responsible for me, I guess is what Yeah, no, we were, we were all totally responsible for our things. And we all had our own like little, I don't know, like we worked together as a team, like right. setting our tents up and like ha ha making sure like we had what we needed. And like, there was like a whole list of things like I had I brought with me to support me because it get, it got really really it was July when we when we went on this trip and it it's cold there yeah the elevation because you're up, you're up so high I was above tree line where we were like it was it dropped down to like 40 degrees I think at night how high in is the that tech. do you remember mm. so 11,000 like no shit. 11,000. Yeah, it, it was really high. Yeah. That's almost twice. So Denver's 5,200. Yeah, yeah. So you're two yeah. miles above. Mm -hmm. I think Mount Everest, like 23. So you're half of Mount Everest. It was high. It was high. <laughs> it was higher. It was, it was the highest in Colorado. It wasn't as high as in, in Washington, the trip that I went on at the end of July and into August. Colorado was up the we were above tree line. Yeah. How, and it was cold. Yeah, right. It's I mean, it's well like people say about the desert. You know, you go out in the desert and then all of a sudden there's nothing to sustain the heat. Um, but I think in there, the clouds, if you're that high, I don't know if you're above cloud line, but I know clouds can suppress a lot of heat and he just sinks because it's um how'd you wind up in a tent with somebody? That had, is there anything like weird, funny story about that? Like there's eight of y'all and you're just picking like tent mates. You're like grabbing somebody yeah, who looks the less, sm least smelliest. I didn't like, know. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, the person that I went on back when I went, the person I went backpacking with in, in Washington, I knew. So it was, it was like fine. But like the person that I had shared a tent with um, in Colorado, I just met her. I was like, hey, you know, but she's lovely. I like, she's amazing, lovely. But I I don't, I'm like, you know, it's fine. We were, I was, we're, we're like-minded people. So it's like, she was a, a, an amazing woman. She had, she was like um, a yogi and she, she was amazing, like did amazing energy work. And like, she, she had amazing energy about her. Like when, I like loved when she hugged me. 
Like she just had really good energy. And like, I remember she lived in, she lives in Hawaii. And so when she was leaving to go to back to Hawaii, to go to, to the airport, she gave me this nice, really nice hug. And it was like the best hug I ever got. It was such a good hug. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I remember about her. I was just like, I loved when she hugged me. It just felt really good. <laughs> I, I I don't even know how to <laughs> ask a question about a hug, man. Like to describe it. Like I'm I'm wondering now, like what fuck selfish. What happened? What's yeah, no, just Out like there. what's <laughs> no, what's my best hug? Like, do I have a best hug moment? I don't think I do. I don't think I have a best hug. That's yeah, so cool. Good, it was a really good hug. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And then um and then in Washington, that was super fun. And I went with my friend who owns his own backpacking company. So he does this is what he does. Good connection. It was amazing. <laughs> so like he provides you with all of the equipment. So I, and I had my own stuff, you know, that I had bought my own stuff, which I needed to bring with me to Colorado. It was fine. Um, but it was nice. Like, and there's, and like, if this is something that you're interested in, there's companies out there that do this, where you, you sign up for a trip, they provide you with your equipment, you have a guide, you go. And so that's what I, that's what I did in Washington. So I wasn't alone and I had all of the equipment provided for me and it was like amazing high quality equipment. And, but this one was challenging. This one was, this one was challenging because I had a backpack this time. So I had, I can't, I'm trying to remember how much my pack weighed. It was probably 22 pounds. And the, and the pack that I had can hold up to 35 pounds. So, so on the day that we didn't, so the goal, the, the goal of this backpacking trip, we were going to, we climbed to the top of Desolation Peak. Do you know who Jack Kerouac is? I do not. He's like a poet. He's a writer. Okay. And he did this journey. And at the top of Desolation Peak, it's called the Void hmm. because there's nothing there. It's quiet. It's beautiful. And there is a hut up there where there's like a fire lookout because they get fires up, like wildfires and like fires up there. So these people take turns being a lookout on top of this peak for three months at a time. No shit. Mm -hmm. So you're in isolation in the void for three months at a time. So he did it. So Jack Kerouac, the author, did this. And he wrote a book. He wrote a, an amazing book called Desolation Angels. What does it mean to be in a void? I can't even... I. I... <laughs> I'm I'm at a loss. <laughs> like, like it's just like nothingness. Like, like no trees, no clouds, no stars. Oh, what is nothingness? I mean, there's trees. 
I mean, there's trees. It's beautiful up at the top. I, I, right. we, we did it. We climbed all the way up and we weren't going to, it's a beautiful story. So like, would you like me to share it? Absolutely. Well, yes. Okay, we've, been, we've been speaking a lot and I do get to go in 10 minutes. Okay. Um, if, if that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I, it's a beautiful story because when we started the journey, it was amazing weather. And the first night we camped at a lake and it was the cleanest, clearest lake I had ever been in, in my life. It, and it, and it was aqua. Like I, it looked like we were in the Caribbean because it's the glacier and the glacier melt creates the aquaness color of the water because it mixes with the sediment from the, the rock mm-hmm. and it creates this beautiful color. So the first day was like magic. It was hot. It was so hot that day. So we, we hiked to, to get to our camp spot and we were basically like in the water the rest of the time. It was so <laughs> hot. And then we met another hiker um, that, that camped with us like in our area too. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was really cool. And then the next day was the, the day that we were going to journey like up 4,000 feet. Um, to get to our camping site, which is almost at the top of Desolation Peak. So the camping site wasn't at the top of Desolation Peak. You, We would have to hike another 1,000 feet to get to the top. So so the goal was to get to the camp, our camping site. But my 22-pound backpack turned into a 32-pound backpack because we there was no water areas to on on this journey so we had to fill our packs with enough water to sustain us to get to to the top that was it was it was very challenging yeah because and this is again my proportional brain like how much are you weighing yourself how much do I weigh? Yeah. Well, while you were hiking, because if you're like 120 pounds and you're hauling 33 pounds, that's a quarter of your body weight. Like that's, I guess that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's why I was like, and that's the thing is like now, like looking back on this and like actually talking about this journey with you, I'm like, I did that. Like, I'm very like, it's like, I'm acknowledging myself. I'm like proud of myself for like that journey. Yeah. Like, because it, like, I never really realized that like, I was almost carrying a quarter of my body weight up a mountain, 4,000 feet. Like, and the bugs were terrible. Worth oh my <laughs> God. I don't have an aversion to bugs, like whatever they're bugs, but like we got, eat- we, we did get eaten alive. <laughs> my arm's dead. <laughs> My arms were just like, so, and we had all this food, right? So like, that's it. That's the other thing we had to take into consideration is like, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Um, if you got to take water, you got to take food, right? Yeah. We, we had to like make sure we brought enough food to sustain us for the four days out there. Cause there's nothing out there, like nothing, like it's so freeing and it's so beautiful. And 
I really encourage everybody to take some sort of trip like that in their life where you're just completely surrounded by nature. Yeah. It, it really supported me. Why did you feel, did you feel you needed it or were you just bored? No, I, I wanted to be immersed in nature. I, I wanted to experience that beauty. Yeah. Did you yeah. know why or did you realize why? Because it creates, a, it's like freedom. It's like expansive being out there. It's like, it creates this level of gratitude for your life. And it created a lot of clarity for me in terms of like, when I get down from this mountain, like this is what I want. And like, this is what I'm going to create. It, I, it's, it challenged me in a unique way. What was your want aside from a shower and maybe like a cheeseburger or whatever? Like, That's exactly what I wanted. I mean, I can get dirty. Like, I don't care. Like, I can get smelly and dirty. Like, it doesn't bother me. But it was like, we craved, we were like, let's. So, like, when we got down and we and we were complete, we went to, like, we just wanted, like, burgers and fries and, like, ice cream and, like, pie. So, we had pie. Like, we found this, like, little place. Oh, I want to go back because it was amazing. I got like a cheesesteak and fries and what did he get? He got like a burger and fries and we got three pieces of pie. <laughs> and they were known for their pies. And I'm telling you, that was the best strawberry rhubarb pie I'd ever had. We got a triple berry pie and we got, um, I don't know, a raspberry pie. I don't know, but it was like so amazing. It was so fun. <laughs> You're so romanticizing it. That's amazing. That's awesome. It was. It was amazing. Yeah. It was an amazing trip. That's why I'm like, I highly encourage, get out there. Challenge yourself. Be be in that beauty. I never, I've never experienced beauty like that before. Yeah. Colorado, yeah. Washington, like that's that part of the country. The Pacific Northwest is beautiful. Do you have a next trip planned? I do. Yeah. What's up? I do, actually. Where should all the fanboys so go? This time, <laughs> so this time around, I'm actually going to Hawaii. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah. So I get to be in the jungles of Hawaii for, for a couple months this summer. A couple months? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm going, I'll be there July and August. Okay. Any particular reason, purpose? I, I went to Maui when I was, so 12 years ago, I went to Maui and I was like, I fell in love with it. And I was, I went for like 12 days. Um, and I've been feeling that pull to go back. And because I had put it out there that I said, you know, I get to go back to Maui and all these things started happening that created opportunity for me to go back and I'm going back. Yeah. Dude, going I, love, back. I love the simplicity. I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, two months in Maui. I put it out there and I'm going back. 
Yeah. And I've met amazing people. I have an amazing place to stay. I have amazing people that I get to be with on this journey. Uh, I get to like hike in the jungles of Maui. Thanks for making me jealous this late at night. You can do it. You can do it. Come out. Like literally come out because I'm going to be there for a couple, like two months. My brother's coming. He's like, if you're going to be there for two months, like I'm going to come for like two weeks. I'm like, perfect. Okay. And I'm going to say this. I am taking off. So like, I'm not working. Like I'm literally taking the summer off. I've never done this before in my life. I'm very excited. Okay. Yeah, is that, so that I can do this? I I I know you got to go, and I'm sorry. I don't yeah. mean to be disrespectful of the time, but like, is that no, is that the struggle? Like, is the work balanced self care struggle for you? Is that a real thing? It was, and I still struggle with it sometimes. You know, but I have a much better. I've created harmony in that space of work-life balance for sure since since 2017 the shift that i've created in that space has been trans transformative i feel like if uh if i was a better podcast host i would have delved into the 2017 transformation i don't think i asked enough follow-up questions about that um <laughs> i can always come back <laughs> appreciate it i love it you're just like oh, i always come back you're just you're like a jellyfish man you just roll you just go with the <laughs> flow dude Love it. Yeah. Love it. Good. Thank right. you for experiencing me like that. Thank Dude, you. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on and um sharing about you and letting people get to know you, man. I uh, really appreciate it. And um anybody who wants to go jungle hiking and get really sweaty, just head to Maui um and shout which do you have a catchphrase they should shout and you'll come running or should they schedule an appointment? Say that again? No, Say I'm just kidding. I was like, <laughs> I think of really stupid stories. So in my head, I'm like, I'm picturing people like just flying to Maui and running around being like, Melissa! And you like running out of the woods to be like, hey, here's our journey. Come on, people. And like leading yeah. all these people into the jungle. I'm really I'm I'm really open to possibility of what comes up for me while I'm in Maui. And you know, maybe I'm going to start some sort of like retreat thing there where you come out to Maui and we adventure and I'll take you through some, some, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, right, dude. It's what the world needs. If anything, the world needs more Maui in their life from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for dealing with all my corny, stupid jokes. And um, it was super it was nice. Amazing. Yeah, dude, it was super and nice uh, being able to chat with you in a little more of a focused setting. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good night. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank Thanks you. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know today's guest or just want to support this upstart podcast, go to our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, your donation will help with all the costs associated with producing the Getting to Know You pod. Don't forget the three free ways to support the pod. One, subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Three, go to Apple, write a review. And finally, 
If you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. If you're interested, just message us. See you.